Marking its 40th anniversary in 2022, Blue Door is the largest emergency housing provider in York Region, providing life-saving support to children, youth, adults, seniors, and families at risk or experiencing homelessness. Along with offering emergency housing and housing retention support, in the past two years, Blue Door has expanded its service offering to further work toward preventing and ending homelessness through inclusion, the first supportive housing program for two SLGBTQ plus youth in York Region. Construct, a social enterprise by Blue Door, providing supported skills training to help youth and adults break barriers to employment and secure meaningful careers in construction trades and launching in 2022 a health hub which will include a nurse and in-reach system navigator to help people regain the health and well-being needed to secure and retain permanent housing. Join Blue Door's mission and become part of the solution by learning more at bluedoor.ca. We at On The Way Home would like to acknowledge the original stewards of whose lands this podcast is recorded on. In York Region, we recognize we're on the traditional territories of the Wendat, the Haudenosaunee, and the Anishinaabe peoples, and that this is the treaty lands of the Mississaugas of the Credit. And in Vancouver, we acknowledge that we are on the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, the Musqueam, Squahomish, and Tsleil-Waututh, whose presence on these lands continue to this day. Welcome to On The Way Home, a podcast dedicated to the issues surrounding homelessness and the incredible experts making a difference in the lives of homeless people. Remember to subscribe to the podcast anywhere you're listening and share it with a friend. Welcome to another episode of On The Way Home. I am Michael Braithwaite, your host, coming to you from Blue Door up in York Region. Hey, this podcast is put together by Blue Door and our good friends at the Canadian Alliance and Homelessness. And guess what's happening at the Canadian Alliance right now? They are gearing up for the 2022 conference. It's going to be exciting. Uh, and so look for that on CAH.ca. Um, for pretty soon, you'll have early registration on that. And speaking of which, they just put out um, a little bit of information around the keynotes from the 2021 conference. They were awesome. Go check them out. Um, you can get those on their website along with all sorts of stuff from Built for Zero as well, the campaign. There's good stuff happening in Moncton uh, and Whitehorse and uh, around um, quality by names lists, uh, reduction of chronic homelessness. So go check that out. And if you're a community interested in becoming a Built for Zero community, uh, reach out to them at caeh.ca. And hey, what's happening at Blue Door? Well, don't you know, this is our 40th year of operation. I know uh, we, we seem so young and fresh, but we've been doing this work for, for 40 years and much has changed. So lots of different things happening to celebrate 40 years of operating in York Region. I say York Region, uh, we have uh, recently expanded our construct, that's our social um, enterprise, our construction social enterprise into Durham. And guess what? I think we are going into Peel as well. So all along the top of the GTA, because it's needed, man, you know, giving people meaningful work and a great rate of pay to actually prevent them from falling into homelessness. Who knew that works? We did. Uh, we're pushing that forward. For all your construction needs, reach out to Blue Door and we'll get our construction company there. But hey, if you're not in um, York region, there, there are construction social enterprises uh, all over Canada through our TradeWorks program sponsored by the Home Depot. Uh, and so listen, if you have construction needs, you're somewhere in Canada, you're listening, uh, reach out to me at michael.b at bluedoor.ca. I'd be happy to connect you to one of our partners uh, in and around 
the country. So you can hire anyone to do the work. Why not hire a social enterprise, high quality work, fair price, but hey, there's some social good to it as well. So why not do that? And if we can't lean on our social sector service partners to prop us up, who can we count on? But enough about us at Blue Door. Let's get to today's guest. I'll tell you something that's just a, a fun fact. Today's guest, uh, John Neufeld uh, from the House of Friendship. So John and I connected. Uh, he is going to the Governor General's Canadian Leadership Conference. Yes, very fancy uh, in 2022. This conference, because of the pandemic, has been put off for a couple of years, uh, but excited. I was, uh, I'm part of the alumni. So in 2017, uh, I went to uh, Prince Edward Island. They put you in little groups, you go across the country. It's, it's awesome. We have people from labor, from nonprofit, from the business world, uh, from all over the country that come together. Uh, so it's really, really cool opportunity, but John and I connected through that. But here's our bigger connection. Uh, I am very proud to put on my LinkedIn page that my first job was that of a dishwasher. It really kind of shaped and formed me and also pointed to what I didn't want to do uh, for the rest of my life in St. Catharines. John said, St. Catharines, where did you work? Mother's Pizza, I know that place. Uh, John is also a Niagara, uh, well, was a Niagara resident. Uh, so we connected through that, talked some old school stories about uh, St. Catharines and growing up there and Mother's Pizza. That has been a variation of different things since, not because of my uh, dishwashing duties. Um, it just has over time. But I uh, regress. But here's, here's really what John is all about. He is a grateful husband and proud father of two children. And since 2009, John has had the privilege of serving as the executive director of House of Friendship, a multi-service organization focused on housing, addictions treatment, food security, and neighborhood development. John has a Bachelor of Theology and Arts, a Master of Social Work, and Master of Business Administration. Man, very, very well qualified. Uh, we'll, we'll let him pass. He received top 40 under 40 in Waterloo Region, a distinguished alumni from uh, Canadian Mennonite University and University of Waterloo. John enjoys traveling with his family. I don't know when he does that, when he finds the time, spending time with friends, movies, reading business and fiction squash and technology. And listen, I connected with John after that. And uh, I, I love it. He's, he's a disruptor. He, he, he knows that business as usual is not getting business done. Uh, so he's doing super cool things uh, in Waterloo region. Um, and you know what's also cool about that is he wants to share that. He wants others to say, hey, we did this. It worked. Uh, learn from us. Learn what not to do, too. And we'll share that with you. And he's going to talk about some of those things. Uh, so I'm so uh, excited to have connected with John and to have him on the show. John, welcome to the show. Michael, so good to be uh, reconnected with you. And uh, it's amazing how Mother's Pizza just continues to bring people together <laughs> all these years later. Yeah, and it was not the pizza, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> it was not that. That's a, one of the reasons it may not be around anymore. John, we ask a standard question because it means something a little different to every guest that comes on. But I want to ask you, what does home mean to you? Home is where you belong. Um, you know, I've had my thinking of home uh, radically shifted and influenced, uh, obviously, by the people we serve and walk with. Um, but also by Richard Wagamese, uh, you know, one of Canada's greatest Indigenous writers. Uh, and he wrote a book called Ragged Company. And, uh, you know, if you haven't read it, I would highly encourage it. The story of four individuals who are on the street and they stumble upon a $13 million lottery ticket. And it really gives you an insight of what home really is. I'll leave it at that. 
Very cool. That's the first time we've got a, a reading recommendation out of that question. So check that out. Uh, I, I can't wait to take a look. Um, so let's talk about the house that Friendship built, House of Friendship. What can you tell me about it? Um, what does it do? Give us the dirt. Michael, what I'm most proud of is that when I think about House of Friendship, it, it was founded 83 years ago in a time just like this, right? The Great Economic Depression, you know, World War II. There was just like the whole world was struggling. It, a lot of stuff didn't make sense. And in the midst of all that chaos, the small group of women came together here in Waterloo Region and said, hey, we can't change the world, but there's something that we can do. And they started noticing that, you know, there was these individuals back then they were so lovingly called hobos and transients that had nowhere to go, no family, no work. And so they did this radical, courageous act of hospitality and said, invited them in and just gave them a meal. And, you know, that, that small group of women was probably scared because they were strangers. They were different. They didn't know who these individuals were. And they just gave them a place to belong, to give them a meal. And, you know, 83 years later, you know, now we're serving from, you know, serving those five, six individuals that we did in 1939 to serving over 40,000 individuals a year, um, you know, by providing food, addictions, treatment, housing, um, and, and community support in low-income neighborhoods. But it was all because a small group of individuals came together and said, we're not going to change the whole world, but there's something we can do. And I think that's, that's sort of what we hold on to. Um, and continue that work and that spirit till this day. Yeah, it really kind of started on that that little thing of kindness, right? Let's just if we could be kind to a, show kindness to a few people through these actions, you know, change can happen. And that kindness has spiraled to forty thousand people. And the work that you do, uh, that's not giving it justice. You and I have chatted before, and, and you know, we could go on for hours talking about different innovations, what's working, what's not. And listen, you know, the last 24 months, extremely tough for everyone, way tougher for our most vulnerable. Uh, you and the team could have sat back and said, whoa, is us. But you knew that wouldn't get the job done. You've been extremely busy. And even before that, uh, you, you are very innovative and you're creative in the work that you're doing to prevent and end homelessness. Can you tell us a little bit about some of your exciting projects? Yeah. Michael, let's, let's go back a bit and just talk and think about how we address homelessness. Um, it's absolutely absurd. And, you know, and we don't think of it because we're, we're, we're swimming in that water every day. And so we keep doing things the way we've always done them and you don't realize it. But imagine you get a cancer diagnosis and you come to the cancer treatment center and you're given a bed and a meal. And then the nurse or doctor looks at you and says, but we're not going to give you chemo. We're not going to give you radiation, but you could stay here for a few months, make yourself comfortable. I mean, we would never allow that. And yet in our work, that is what we do and have been doing for decades so that we can feel, make ourselves feel better and say, well, at least they're not on the street. They're not freezing to death. You know, we put a roof over their head. We've given them a meal, but we're not addressing the underlying issues. And so that's where sort of the vision for shelter care came out of is, you know, if we don't integrate health care into providing shelter, um, nothing's actually ever going to change or move forward. And it's even more vital in today's context. I mean, the synthetic drug era is here. 
It has completely overwhelmed all of us in this sector over the last five years. Um, it's literally killing people every day, uh, the people that we serve. The, our team members who are serving in this field are also having traumatic experiences as a result of everything they're going through. So just putting a roof over someone's head doesn't cut it anymore. Um, and it's really hard to wrap our heads around the devastation um, that we're experiencing and seeing. Um, and so it was already the way we were addressing it, I said, you know, before five years wasn't good enough. Uh, and now it's even more uh, vital in the synthetic drug era. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so what you're talking about, you talked a little bit about, you know, we're, we're here's some of the things we have to address. We're not going to end it if. So what, what is, uh, how's the friendship doing about it? What, 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 what actions yeah. have you guys taken? Yeah. So let me, um, you know, how did we get here? And, and, you know, Michael, like, let's be honest, you and I aren't the two brightest fellows ever. But I think one of the things okay. that we've learned is that when, we're, when we watch other innovators or we watch um, other people doing really work that we admire and respect, is you notice that they're curious, they're willing to learn, they're willing to take risks and fail. And so that's what we did seven years ago. Um, we were really curious uh, about the managed alcohol program that Shepherds of Good Hope was running in Ottawa. And you know we heard, heard that you know, it's this great program, great outcomes. And so seven of us uh, went down to Ottawa to learn more about it. And uh, I am forever grateful for that day because I met um, now a lifelong friend, Deirdre, who said, well, if you guys are going to travel all the way out here, I'm going to show you everything. And she toured us around uh, all of Shepherds of Good Hope. And, um, and it was when we were standing there in the shelter, um, this, this kind of, it was one of those, you know, transformational experiences in one's career where you see something, the light bulb goes on and it's like so simple yet it's so profound. And as we're standing there getting a tour, two individuals were brought in. Um, I, I don't know by ambulance or police, I, I can't remember because they never stuck around. They just immediately took off. But these individuals were highly unwell, um, highly under the influence, um, you know, uh, were not in good shape. And what I observed was as they came through their doors, you know, someone shouted out their name with joy. And I felt like I was in an episode of Cheers, you know, when Norm walks through. Um, and now we've just lost all of our young listeners who are like, what? There was a show called <laughs> Cheers and who's this guy, Norm? But it was that moment and it, the, the, the level of dignity that was there. And then, you know, a nurse came in, took the vitals of these individuals, and they just addressed the situation head on. And I was like, what is going on here? What do you mean the police and ambulance just drop them off here and, instead of taking them to the emergency department? No, we, you know, we have nurses here integrated. Uh, we have the healthcare integrated. And it was just kind of this like aha moment. Like, why are we not doing this in our own community? This makes so much sense. And, you know, and then Deirdre, you know, talked to me about Dr. Jeff Turnbull, Wendy Muckle from the Ottawa Inner City Health Alliance and, and what they've been doing over these years. And so we had all this like inspiration, this um, excitement and movement. And then we came back home and guess what we did, Michael? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely or... nothing. You nailed it. You nailed it. Why? Because we're too busy doing what we're doing, right? We're, we've got so much on our plates and we just, you got to just do what you got to do to survive. And, 
And you know what? Thankfully, you know, there were some team members that said, we can't just keep talking about it. And there was an incredible donor who was willing um, to make a heavy investment. And, and, and we started an innovation fund. And the donor's instructions to us were just don't be afraid to fail. Like that was the only nice. stipulation on that donation. And we thought, well, this is, hey, we don't know how shelter care will look like in this community. We have some ideas from Ottawa. And so that gave us the impetus um, to, to try something new and, and not be afraid to fail. And I'm so forever grateful for that uh, donor and that vision. And so we, we started and, and we started plugging away at it, started having conversations. And then on October 2019, at our fundraising dinner in front of 650 people, uh, you know, influencers, elected officials, community leaders, we just, we just pitched this vision. We said, we're not sure how this is going to look, how we're going to make it happen, but here's the vision. What we, we know that if we do not address the underlying issues of homelessness, it's never going to get better. And we pitched this vision. Dr. Jeff Turnbull was grace, uh, you know, uh, so grateful that he created a little video for us saying, here's why it's important and here's why it works. Um, and so the community got all excited. Little did we know that just five months later, a global pandemic would hit us. And, and the timing just it was incredible because on March 19th, 2020, you know, we were stuck. We had like 50 guys crammed in a 12 bedroom house uh, in downtown Kitchener for our shelter. And we were going to do a public outbreak. And remember in March, 2020, we were all freaking out. We didn't know what we were doing. None of us mm -hmm. did right mass. And, you know, we've got so much knowledge two years later, but back then, if you can go back in time, and re-traumatize yourself and remember what it was like. We, we, we were like, oh my goodness, we can't stay here. And I got a call from the Radisson Hotel saying, how can we help? And I said, well, I have to move our whole shelter into your hotel and I'll never forget their response. Uh, they said, we'll be ready for you tomorrow morning. And so literally we moved our whole shelter in overnight uh, to the Radisson. But what we did immediately is we said, look, this is our excuse to now pilot shelter care. Let's, let's, let's integrate that healthcare. And so we asked our healthcare providers to come in and they set up a little shop in the conference room in the basement of the hotel and our numbers increased with the people we were serving. And then we, I started hearing months later from the, the residents, the healthcare practitioners that they're like, this is different where, you know, the outcomes are different. The guys are, um, having better outcomes. And so we did some data about um, six, seven months in, and we noticed our overdose rates dropped in half. You know, um, staff uh, violence uh, or resident violence towards staff decreased. Police and ambulance involvement dramatically dropped. And so we knew um, there's something here, which we shouldn't be surprised. It's a little bit like being surprised that if you go to a cancer center and you get chemo and radiation, that your cancer might get better. And, and so we just uh, were kind of moved by it. Um, but listen, there have been so many difficult challenges um, that have happened since that time, and it's not been easy. Uh, but that was sort of the beginning of we're on to something. We used that uh, sort of the pandemic as an excuse to start uh, moving forward. Construct, a social enterprise by Blue Door, provides high-quality residential and commercial construction and property services in the greater Toronto area. More than a business with a heart, Construct is a real solution to preventing and ending homelessness. 
through its eight-week paid skills trades training program. Complete with wraparound supports and on-the-job work experience, Construct lifts people out of poverty and into opportunity. To hire Construct for your next project or learn more about Construct's employment program, visit constructgta.ca. Very, very cool. Yeah, and again, many people during the pandemic would have said not the you know, not the right time to start something new. You went the opposite way and said, of course it is. Now, I'm sure there's been lots of success. Have there been some challenges and what have they been? Michael, they've been very significant. So, um, yeah, when you're trying something new and, and it's going to disrupt systems and um, it's challenging to everyone. And so what happened is we actually moved had to move to another hotel and signed a one-year lease to kind of further out this model you know, try to iterate, try to improve on what we learned from the first six months. Um, you know, we were just there for a few months and on uh, February 9th, 2021, tragedy hit and we had a massive fire in the hotel. And right in the evening, it was a cold night. We've got 130 people um, standing there in a parking lot, cold. Uh, and then we, we actually had the um, isolation unit. So we had a number of people with COVID also there and you know, like it, it's, it, you know, for the leaders listening to this, you know, these kind of moments, right, that could just break you. And, and it was just an incredibly difficult time. And what are you going to do? And you start calling around and um, there's nowhere to go. And you got 130 people, you know, dislocated uh, in the cold. And thankfully, uh, neighboring community, there was a hotel that was empty um, and said yes to us. And uh, so we moved everyone there thinking we'd be there for a few months. Uh, ended up staying there for a much longer time because we couldn't find a location back home. And I think people listening to this podcast involved in this work understand nobody wants us. We're serving the unwell and the unwanted, right? It's always the wrong neighborhood. It's always the wrong location. There's not the zoning. There's not, you know, there's, there's a hundred excuses and reasons why not. And, um, so that was really challenging, and uh, it was probably one of the lowest points uh, for us as a team. Um, you know, we were questioning whether we should even be doing this work anymore because it was just the barriers were just too hard. Um, and uh, yeah, so in the midst of it, um, we stumbled upon a hotel that uh, that was uh, willing to sell, and so we started looking at it. And, you know, it's absolutely absurd. Where are you going to get the money to buy a hotel, right? And so you're like, what are you thinking? And you think, man, this this could change everything. You know, if we had this amount of space and we could put a health clinic in here, like, the, you know, shelter care, I think we're on 4.0 now. Like, this could really give it the, the, the base um, to really uh, go to the next level and have a huge impact. Um, and it, again, barrier after barrier, you know, trying to convince multiple levels of government, high risk, uh, it wasn't looking really well. And um, to the credit of our uh, MPP, Mike Harris Jr., who was uh, champion shelter care, understood the vision behind it and, you know, spoke to the health ministers and others, uh, Mr. Clark, and got, um, you know, got behind it and said, how can we make this work? And uh, really pleased to say that uh, in January 12th, an announcement was made that there was some funding for uh, that would allow us to buy this hotel. Um, so yeah, we bought an old Comfort Inn hotel in Waterloo, Ontario that we're going to be, uh, construction is happening now. We're converting into essentially a hundred bed shelter care facility. Um, 
and we're going to see where it goes. Uh, you know, there's lots of, again, lots of challenges with it. Um, it's not a silver bullet, but um, we're really excited to see what this next stage will bring and what we can learn. Very, very cool. Uh, and and you know, like your team just pushed right through, uh, and that's what it takes, right? Um, let's talk about the future of shelter care. So we have shelter care. Uh, you've learned from others, and, and funny, uh, both uh, Dr. Jeff, as he told us to call him, he was one of our first guests on on the way home, just a salt of the earth uh, guy, Jeff Turnbull. Um, and then uh, Deirdre is going to join us soon as well. And it's interesting, uh, and she'll talk more about their diversion program that you spoke about as well, which is incredible. But let's talk about uh, House of Friendship. Let's talk about shelter care. What are your future plans? So uh, my future plan, or what my future hope would be, is that um, that shelter care becomes sort of a standard that we start looking at um, that dignified care that is integrates healthcare into shelter is sort of what's normal um, versus it being some innovative thing or that it, you know that it's a pilot and like you said we've made a ton of mistakes we've learned a lot we hope that we could share that learning and. And that that sort of is is the way we do it. I think the second thing I kind of hope for for the future, Michael, is is that that shelter care is seen as an integral part of the housing first model. I think sometimes what we do is we, is we we pit shelters against housing or housing first, or somehow they're incompatible. And you know our experience has been when we move someone immediately out and put them into housing, there's so many housing breakdowns, and they come back. Uh, to our shelter over and over and there's kind of this revolving door and what we've found through you know the two years of doing shelter care is people aren't coming back because they've had some of the underlying issues addressed or they've been given some assistance with mental health with their addiction with their physical health and so you know we, we set them up actually to make housing first far more successful um, so those would just be a couple of my hopes uh, for the future Absolutely. Uh, if there was a, a green button, I'd be hitting it all the time. Just around, I mean, you put people into housing, if their healthcare is not looked after, if they're not set up with uh, doctors and they don't have places to go, that housing uh, more than likely will not last, right? We want it to. You're right. You don't want people repeating coming back to the shelters. This is preventative in a sense in nature. Um, so, hey, listen, uh, listeners, Groups across the country, if you're looking at shelter care, I know John is a very busy guy, uh, so to volunteer this, but he's got a great team. We've talked with him at Gludor. Uh, we recognize um, how uh, important health is to housing people and, and uh, you know, and keeping people healthy. So reach out to uh, John and his team. And I think maybe together, John, too, right? You know, if there's more people doing this type of work, we have more of a platform, too to go to government with a scale of this to say, hey, you know, invest this and you can help, you know, way more people. And I think, you know, with uh, in Ontario, anyways, with a conservative government, you also want to show how fiscally responsible it is too, because it's saving a lot of dollars. Healthier people uh, don't go to the ERs as much, are housed, are not going to the shelters, right? So it's saving lives and saving dollars. So do you agree? Absolutely. And we do have, um research happening on actually two shelter care pilots in uh, the province and uh, so hopefully we can share that and learn more um, for others awesome so what are you excited about uh, I know shelter care of course what are you excited about in the next year at House of Friendship yeah 
Michael, there's a lot. Uh, and so because our old shelter is kind of dilapidated and is uh, we've got some land in downtown Kitchener, we're uh, actually building a supportive housing build. We're just finishing up the design there. So hoping to actually create a supportive housing community. We already have some uh, supportive housing buildings on this campus. Uh, we want to add a third building, but we don't want to just provide housing. So uh, putting in a health clinic there, a cafe, a gym, um, you know, a walking track. Just like I said, I, we want it to be a home for all these folks living in these supportive housing units. Um, it's more than just a home. And they can feel like they can belong. And um, so there's that. Um, our, we finished building a new addiction treatment center during the pandemic. Our addictions team has uh, really pivoted in uh, sort of addressing uh, the changing needs of people struggling with addictions in the community. I'm really proud of uh, how they, they're changing their approaches and, and how to best serve uh, the community. And then we also have like this incredible community uh, services uh, group that has this vision to change the odds for kids and youth and families uh, living in poverty. And I just think the prevention work is so incredibly important. And it's one of the things I love about House of Friendship is we sort of have many of the, the social determinants of health under one roof and we get to work together at these things. Um, but I do want to say something, Michael, um, you know, for the listeners on this, um, you know, as excited as I am, I also want to acknowledge what um, all of us have been through the last couple of years. And, you know, sometimes when I listen to folks and they tell me about all the great things they're doing and their innovation, you know, you, you kind of sit there and you're like, well, what's wrong with me or we're not doing this or that. And, and so, I mean, obviously today I've told you about all the good stuff, but uh, I want to acknowledge that things have shifted in our world. Um, you know, I talk about the synthetic drug era, uh, you know, over the last five years. It's just hit us so hard. You know, homelessness has increased uh, across many parts of this country. And, you know, people have admirably tried to respond to the best of their abilities during the pandemic. But it's taken a toll on all of us um, and our teams. And, you know, it's, uh, I know I've been at some of the lowest points through that. And so I just want to acknowledge that. I, I want to thank everyone. I mean, my guess is if you're still listening to this podcast, you're passionate, you care, you want to make a difference. Um, and so I just want to acknowledge everything that, uh, you know, we've all collectively been through together as a sector. And just, I would just encourage all of us, um, you know, if I have a confession to make, and I think Michael will back me up on this, is none of us know what we're doing, if we're really, really honest. I think some of us just put on a bit of a better show. Um, we're all learning, and the amount of change that's happening in the sector, in the broader world, you know, none of us are wired to be able to kind of manage, handle, process it all. We need each other. We need our teams. We've got to stick together. And I just want to encourage you just to try things um, because what we've done or going back to the past isn't going to help us. It's not going to change us. It's not going to have the outcomes we want. So you've got nothing to lose. The worst thing that can happen is you try something, yeah, it fails, but you're probably going to learn something from it that's something that you can benefit from or others can. Let's just try different things. We've got literally nothing um, to lose you know we have so many other communities across the world that we can learn from that's why i love this podcast and and hear and and be inspired by them uh, just keep trying keep uh, failing uh, keep making mistakes keep learning uh, and just thank you to everyone listening for the uh, impact that you're having 
uh, with the people that you're walking with. Well, well said, John. I think that, listen, uh, we're in a drug crisis. We are in a homelessness crisis and we can't afford to move at a slow speed. People's lives depend on it. So it's going to take some risk. You're going to have to fall sometimes. That's okay. But listen, there's great stuff happening across the country. There's great stuff happening around the world that you can borrow with. This is a very sharing and giving community, uh, like you said, with shelter care. Where can people go to find out about the awesome work you and your team are doing? Yeah, so two places. So there's a dedicated site for sheltercare.ca about that and then houseoffriendship.org. Very cool. And I know on that shelter care website right at the front, you start with, here's some of the stats, right? Yeah. Yeah, which you're like, wow. So go check that out. Uh, it's very cool. And John, I love what you were saying too, is that you are not just building housing, you're building community. Because I think sometimes that's forgotten, right? We've talked about this before. Sometimes people really love staying in the emergency housing shelter system because they've got a bunch of buddies. They've got staff that care. They've got meals that come in. Someone cares when they're leaving and showing up. And then we put them in housing and they lose that sense of community. So community is really essential to, as you said at the very beginning, what home meant to you, to belonging and staying. So this has been a, a fascinating show. Uh, we've learned so much. Uh, love your enthusiasm, your innovation, and your honesty as well. Um, awesome to have you on. Keep doing the life-changing work you're doing. Thanks to you and your team. Thanks, Michael. Well, you know what? Yes, we love to share information we put on this podcast uh, to create awareness, education, uh, share. But to me, too, selfishly, it's, it's fascinating to uh, talk to our guests and hear about the great work happening and about people being really honest, too. Here's what, what's working. Here's what's not. Here are the challenges. Uh, we're okay to hear about a donor that's saying it's okay to fall on your face, right? But I want you to push forward because that's where the best work happens. We heard that today. Listen, share this podcast with your network, subscribe. Uh, if you know of someone you want to, you have something to say, you've got something to share, you know some great work happening, reach out to me at michael.b at bluedoor.ca. Uh, check out past podcasts at, at uh, on the way on the way home.ca. Uh, or at the bluedoor.ca page or cah.ca. You can find us there and everywhere you find podcasts. Another great uh, guest on the way home. We will see you next time. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.